Good morning, and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. Our service times are Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. God bless you, and we hope you enjoy the sermon. Amen and amen. I said this in the first service. Uh, I, I appreciate Pastor Coburn. He, he's an amazing man of God and does a great job with those announcements. Yeah, doesn't he? Doesn't he? But he was speaking by faith when he said I would have a great and an exciting message next Sunday. I'm not absolutely sure of that, so I'd like for you to be much in prayer that that will become a reality, that uh, it will be a prophecy that's fulfilled, brother. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. It's going to be exciting. There's energy in the house right now. There will even be more energy when we all get together. And I'm looking forward to that next Sunday. What an amazing time it will be. I have been preaching, got my glasses. I have, I've been preaching on the subject, passing the test. And this will be the third message on that subject. I've been talking about passing the test of being a real Christian in an unchristian world. Now, please listen to what I'm about to say, because this is extremely important. I'm not talking about passing the test so that you can become a Christian. No, I hope you know better than that. The Bible says, for by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen, we're saved by grace. We're sustained by grace. When we leave this world as, as children of God, we'll leave it by grace and we'll enter the kingdom of heaven by grace. And I praise the Lord for that. So please don't mistake the kind of preaching I'm doing as some substitute for grace, because it's not. I'm not talking about passing a test so that you can be right with God. I'm talking about passing the test because you are a Christian. I'm talking about passing the test because you have had a new birth and that Jesus Christ lives within you. I'm talking about passing the test because you are a child of the living God. I'm a child of God. And we're not supposed to act like the rest of the world. We are to pass the test of not acting like the world. We're to pass the test of acting like a child of God and being lights in a dark world. So I I just wanted to make sure that you understand that. Now, more and more, I'm realizing... That everything is a test. Everything we do, every word we say, everything is a test. Every word, every deed is inseparably connected to our Christian faith. You can't have Christianity over here and your behavior over here. No, they're all together. And I want to tell you, everything that we say and do is a reflection of our maturity level in Christ. And and the idea is this, we've been born again. We are children of God. We need to pass the test of acting like, looking like, walking like, talking like children of the living God. And when we do that, oh, we shine. We shine. Praise the Lord. 
Now, the focus thus far in this study has been those unexpected tests that we face in life. You know what I'm talking about. We all have these. You're walking through your day, and Satan throws something at you, unexpected and undesirable. It's very unpleasant. And right at that moment, you've been confronted with a test. A test to see if you will obey God, if you will do the right thing. Satan throws something at you and you pass the test. You don't take the bait of Satan. You act like a Christian when Satan is trying to get you to act like the rest of the world. You pass the test and God gets the glory. You pass the test and you grow a little bit in grace. You, you pass the test and, and, and you get your witness just goes out a little beyond you. And it just gets bigger and bigger. It gets better and better. Now, sometimes the tests we face are, they're, they're not from the enemy. It's not an attack of the enemy. Sometimes the tests we face are tests of obedience. You know, where the Lord speaks to you and he tells you to do something or say something. And it's a little outside your comfort zone. So you don't know exactly what you should do, but you know the Holy Spirit's telling you to do something and you step out on faith and you do it. Simple, immediate obedience, that's a test of obedience. Sometimes the enemy's throwing something at you, that's a test. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, that is a test. And I'll tell you what I've found out over the last month since I've been dealing with this subject is over and over and over, people are sending me texts, sending me videos, calling me, giving me reports. And, and, and it's been so exciting because people will call me. I, I, I've answered my phone so many times and somebody will say, I passed the test. <laughs> I don't even know what they're talking about. But I passed the test. I had an 11-year-old boy in this church call me and say, I passed the test. Man, I, I didn't know what he's talking about. I said, hallelujah, that is awesome. Tell me all about it. And he told me about it. God spoke to his heart and he did what God told him to do. That, that's amazing. I had a situation where I was with somebody and uh, for a few hours. And then later that day, they called me and they said, I failed the test. I said something I shouldn't have said. And I've asked the Lord to forgive me. And I, you know, I, I went back over everything that we said. I couldn't think of one thing that person said that was out of order. But listen to me, child of God. We don't determine whether it's success or failure. The Holy Spirit does that. And this man said something that I had no clue, none whatsoever. But the Holy Spirit convicted him and he repented of it. And I got to tell you, he may not have passed the test initially, but when the spirit spoke, he passed the test, put it under the blood. So I, I've been getting these, these reports, these tests that are actually turning into a testimony. For instance, have you ever been to a restaurant and you received terrible service? I mean, the waitress was snotty. I mean, the food was terrible. Things were bad. And there you are facing a test. What do you do then? Blackie. Good morning, River of Life. So I did have some bad service about two weeks ago. 
And it wasn't just for me. It was for my high school youth, many of our volunteers, and even some of the youth parents that we took to El Jalisco uh, after Wednesday night service. And we've done this numerous times since I've been youth pastor, and they've always been excellent about the service they provide. They've been excellent about taking care of us. So like a good youth pastor, I called, you know, the day before. I said, listen, we're going to have 45 to 50 people right around 815. Be ready for us. They stick us in the back room like the sinners we are, right? <laughs> and, and I said, be ready for us. Well, I had some business to attend to right after that Wednesday night, so I was a little late getting there. I got there at about 830. We already had the back room completely packed out. And long story short, we got some drinks about 30 minutes into it. But I see a lot of my youth here. It was an hour before we were ordering. It was an hour before we had even placed the first order. So I get up and I go and contact somebody from the staff. And I said, listen, we've got a problem. These kids need to get home. We love fellowship and being together, but we don't want to be here till midnight. Right? So I was very kind. I was very gracious when I did that. The service started to improve, but it by no means was what I would call over-the-top or excellent. It just wasn't. So then I get the bill, and you can imagine if you get a bill for some 55 people at El Jalisco, it's going to be sizable. You ever look at a bill in the light and hope that it, like, changes, you know, when you look at it? <laughs> so now here comes, here comes my test. Here comes my test. And those of you that know me and know my family, we pride ourselves. One of our gifts is we try to be very generous. We are a very generous family, and we take that very seriously. So when it was time to leave the tip, I wrote down a number somewhere in the neighborhood of about 32 33% is what I wrote for the service that I just experienced. I had a youth whose parents was running a little late that night, so I had to stay out front, and I had to wait with her until her mother picked her up. Right before that, I had the conversation with the manager up there, a fantastic man by the name of Eric's. Eric's runs El Jalisco. He manages it. He built the new building up there. He is a fantastic member of our community, as is his restaurant. And he and I were just having a little bit of a debate, nothing serious about the lack of service and about where it all went wrong. So then I went outside, and I was waiting with Hannah for her mother to arrive. And Eric's comes out right there by the water fountain, if you know El Jalisco. And he says, Brian, we got a problem. I said, what, what's the problem? He said, well, you left this tip here that was sizable, but what you're ignorant of is if you have a party over like 10, we've already put the tip in there, right? So you double tipped. We added our tip on there. You paid for that, and then you put your tip on top of it. So would you like me to go and refund you that money? And right then the Holy Spirit hit me, absolutely not, Eric's. I don't want my tip back. What I do want you to do is I want you to find someone in the kitchen Find somebody in the kitchen, take that tip that I just wrote and give it to them and bless them tonight. Bless them for serving us. Bless them for working hard and being part of the solution and not part of the problem. Would you do that for me? Well, man, then walls started breaking down. Chains started being broken. We started sharing our faith. He even has people in the kitchen. Listen to this. This is how God works. He has people in the kitchen that are here from Guatemala which is near and dear to me, man, near and dear to me. I said, please bless somebody from Guatemala in that kitchen. He said, I will do it. Furthermore, and this is the thesis right here, you cannot outgive God when you pass the test. Furthermore, my man Eric's, I don't know if you're taping this and he's going to see it later, but just know this, Eric's said to me, thank you for being generous. Thank you for loving on the youth of our county. This is verbatim. This is what the man said. Thank you, thank you. The next time you come back, you're going to pack that entire room back there and the entire meal is on me. That's what he said. That's what he said. 
So if you go to El Jalisco, you see Eric's thanking for passing the test. That's, I think that's what I like most about the story. I felt like I did the right thing, and then he did the right thing, and God said, hey, see what happens when brothers get together? Thank you, guys. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Brother, I was thinking if we pass the test, God will pass the blessing. He'll hand it to us. Well, here's another testimony from Allison I want you to hear. Hello, my name's Allison DeLong, and I did do this first service, but there's quite a bit more people in here, so just bear with me. Um, I just wanted to say this testimony because I feel like it could save a lot of families. Um, a few weeks ago, Pastor had preached on passing the test, and in that, um, I hadn't spoken to my family, my sisters, um, and my mom for about seven to eight months, and they, we grew up very close, so this was very abnormal for us, and in that service, one, my mom works um, across the country sometimes, a lot of times, so she wasn't even supposed to be in town this weekend that he preached the word, um, and as I was coming into service, I saw that my mom was here as well as my sister. Um, and so I thought it was odd because I'm like, okay, God, what are you, what are you doing? Um, we come in the church during these seven to eight months. We sit on opposite sides of the church. We walk past, we were walking past each other like we didn't even know each other. Um, and as pastor preached his word that day, I was sitting in my seat and the Holy Spirit told me, Allie, get up and go over to your family. And I don't need you to say anything. I just need you to go to them with open arms. And I was scared. I was terrified because I was scared of being rejected and turned away by my family because of the damage that had already been done. So I found my mentor and asked her to come up to the altar and pray with me. And I told her that the Holy Spirit, I feel, is telling me to go to my family. And I don't know what to say. I'm scared. She said, Allie, I'm going to stand here while you walk over there to your family. And all you need to do is just do it. So I made my way over to the opposite side of the church. And I didn't have anything to say. All I knew that is I just wanted to be there. And I saw my sister first, and I just said, Ash, I, I love you. And when my mom turned to me, she just, tears started rolling down her eyes. And she said, Allie, I love you. I don't, we don't have to talk about anything. We don't have to make any of that right. I just want God to do what he needs to do. And while you've been gone, he's been working on us, just like he's been working on you. And I just want to say that if I wasn't obedient in that time to God's word, even though I was scared and that spirit of fear was from the devil, he didn't want me to say anything. And if I hadn't been obedient, my family wouldn't be where we are. And with that, last Wednesday, me and my two sisters got to sit in Wednesday service together for the first time in about 12 years. So if God is giving you a word and telling you to move, don't hesitate because you never know what he's doing in that time to fix your life. Amen. 
Wow. Our God is a healer, isn't he? He's a redeemer, isn't he? He can make a way where there is no way. And, and thank you for your obedience. And brother, thank you for your obedience. Thank you for passing the test. And thank you for allowing God to build a testimony in your lives. One of the things that Allison said I really like is we, we haven't hashed out the problems. Don't you understand you don't have to hash out the problems? You don't have to dredge up all the old bones. Uh, that, get it under the blood. Love people. Care about people. That, that's it. That's it. Well, I'm excited about the word that I have for you right now. I'm just hoping you'll be excited about it when I finish. I want to talk to you about, we've talked about these unexpected tests. We've talked to you about these tests of obedience. And now I want to talk to you about another kind of test. Here it is. A premeditated test. A test that you plan. This is not a test that the enemy sends. This is not a test that God puts you through. This is a test you plan. It's a test you set in motion. It's a test that you're doing for you and for God. Now, for lack of a better title, I've just entitled this a holy conduct test. A test to see if your conduct and my conduct will line up with the holy standards of God. A holy conduct test. Now, 1 Peter 1, 14 and 15 says, as obedient children. Now, I love the way this verse starts, don't you? As obedient children. That's what we should be. We should be obedient children. We have a responsibility to obey. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. You understand what the Bible's telling us here? It's telling us now you've moved into the position where you are to be obedient children, not conforming to the passions of your former ignorance. There was a time in your life when you didn't know Christ. There was a time in your life when you were outside the will of God. There was a time in your life when you didn't know what the scriptures were teaching. You didn't know the word of God. That was a time when you behaved according to your former ignorance. But you're not ignorant anymore. Verse 15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your... Say it with me. The Bible calls upon us to have holy conduct. Holy conduct that lines up with the word of God, that lines up with the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I'm afraid that word holiness frightens us. But I want to tell you, it's time for us to get comfortable with that word. Because when the Holy Spirit leads you to do something and you do it, that's holy conduct. When the enemy throws a test in your face and you do what God would have you to do rather than what the enemy wants you to do, that's holy conduct. Now, I understand. You don't have to lecture me after the service. I know that holiness and righteousness comes only through the blood of Jesus. I understand that. But that needs to translate into holy conduct in our daily lives. So I'm talking to you about a holy conduct test. Now, you should be getting nervous right about now. Now, if you're wondering if this is even biblical for us to do such a thing that we would test ourselves, not from the enemy, not from God, but that we would initiate a test for ourselves, then, friends, the Bible not only says we should do that, 
The Bible tells us that we can do it and really find out once and for all if Christ really lives in our hearts, if he is in here. Now listen to this, 2 Corinthians 13, 5 through 6. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Child of God, do you see this? Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Throughout my ministry, I've had many, many people through the years come to me with honesty, and I love honesty. And they've said to me, Pastor, I don't really know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm a child of God. I know I walked down the aisle. I know I prayed a prayer. I know I got baptized. But but I've been struggling ever since. I don't really know. And I fear that through the years, I've given some lame and unbiblical answers. Maybe I should have. Maybe I will more in the future say, well, if you're not sure, maybe you should examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. And how do you examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith or not? Look at the next two words. Test yourselves. Examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you? And and listen, friends, if you are a saved, born-again, heaven-bound child of God, Jesus is in you. It's either one way or the other. If you're saved, he's in you. So examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? So here's the situation. We, we are to take a test. We're to examine ourselves and test ourselves to see if we're in the faith, to see if Christ is really in us. There is a way to do that. Now, here's the test. Listen carefully. This won't be hard for you to remember. You don't even have to take notes on this one. Identify and conquer that one sin that's been defeating you. One more time. Boy, did it get quiet in here. Man. Identify and conquer that one sin that's been defeating you. Now, I need to stop here and say something that's very important. And that is that I understand as a pastor that we're not all at the same level. I dare say there are some in the worship center today that you've just started your Christian life recently. You're just getting started. And there's some here today and you've been walking with the Lord for many, many years. And I understand that some of you may have identified that sin that was hindering you and defeating you. You identified it years ago and through the power of Christ living in you, you went to battle and you conquered that thing. You started believing what the scripture says when it says we're more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. You conquered that thing and you got it out of your life. I've heard people stand up and give testimonies in this church 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I had this problem. But it's not there anymore, and it's been gone all this time. A friend of mine told me uh, that 25 years ago, he had to get something out of his life. And, And so what I'm trying to tell you is I know some of you did this a long time ago. But I also want to give you a warning if you did it a long time ago. You see, when the list 
of those defeating sins are there in your life, and you knock that number one off, then the second one becomes number one. And you get rid of that one, the next one becomes number one. I'm trying to tell you that, that we have to go to war on these things. We have to get these things out of our lives. Now, I want to tell you this one sin, this one sin that keeps defeating you, that keeps sidetracking you, this one sin that you keep repenting of over and over again, I want to tell you that doesn't catch you by surprise. We're very familiar with that one sin, that, that, that major thing. Listen to Hebrews 12.1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Have, have you heard the expression besetting sins? That's what this is talking about. You see, there comes a point in your life when you get rid of all the weight, all the heaviness, and it doesn't say just the weight. It says the weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. You see, we have a responsibility to put that thing aside. And, and, and I tell you, I believe we all have besetting sins. I don't think the enemy has overlooked one of us. I think we all have problems. And the enemy knows what your besetting sin is. And he doesn't have to work hard in that area. And, and in fact, all he has to do is just sit back and just let it run its course. And I got to tell you something, friends. The devil will test you on a daily basis. But this is one area where the devil does not want you to be tested. He doesn't want you to put Christ to the test here. He doesn't want you to put the power of God to the test here. He, he wants you to be blind and oblivious to this thing. In fact, he wants you to think it's normal. He wants you to think you can't break free of it. He wants you to think these are shackles that everybody has. And, and by the way, as long as he can do that, he can keep you from holy conduct. And friends, that's all a devil's lie. So now remember, this is a premeditated test. This is a test you plan, a test you set in motion. You, this is a test of your doing. You, you say, okay, starting today, and by the way, it'd be a great day to start. Starting today, the test starts. I'm going to examine myself. I'm going to test myself. I'm going to find out if Christ is in me. I'm going to make a decision today and start a work. And start a walk where I find out if the power of the living God resides in me. And that God will help me do what I've never been able to do on my own. So this is what I'm talking about, friends. Identify that one sin, that one besetting sin, that one sin that keeps defeating you. Identify that sin that's causing you the most problems in your life. And then test yourself to see if the power and the glory of the living God is actually in you. And if he's in you, he'll help you. If he's in you, he'll go to work. But he's not going to do it as long as you're idle. Now, so first thing is identify. Now, I would assume that for most of us today, if we're honest, you can pretty much identify that besetting sin, that one thing that, that gets you more than anything else. Maybe 
I'll just give you some ideas. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's homosexuality. Maybe it's perversion, adultery, gossip, filthy language, dishonesty, lying, anger. Uh, You know, some of these sins are big sins, and then some of them we think like getting angry every day is not a big sin. Trust me, getting angry every day is a big sin. It's a besetting sin. Things like depression, eating disorders, greed, workaholic, pride, laziness, holding a grudge, not forgiving somebody, being judgmental, finding fault with other people, filthy entertainment, Listen, child of God, you cannot fill your head and heart with filthy entertainment and have holy conduct in your life. It just won't work. You can't separate those things from your Christian faith. Selfish, being stingy. And some of these things are are mindsets, not just actions. Mindsets. For instance, like being a know-it-all. Do you know a know-it-all? Listen, that's a besetting sin. Let me, let me tell you, a know-it-all. The only thing... <laughs> did I hit a nerve here? The one thing that us know it, I mean, you know it all. <laughs> the one thing that know it alls don't know is that they turn people off and their Christian witness is zilch and zero because they're too smart. Just thought I'd throw that one in. How. How about feeling worthless? Child of God, did you invite Jesus into your heart? Did the blood of the precious lamb wash away your sins? Did the Holy Spirit come into you? Does God and heaven live inside of your heart for you to go through the rest of your life feeling like a loser? Do you have any idea what an insult that is to grace and salvation and our Savior? You are a child of God. See, I see, I, I, I'm, maybe I didn't name your besetting sin, but I'm pretty sure you have one. And I'm pretty sure that if you want holy conduct in your life, that you've got to come to the point in your life where you identify it and you put yourself to the test to see if you can walk with God. Now, why are you doing that? Because you're acknowledging that you can't, but you're believing that there is a power that resides in you, that can transform your life to the point that you can. You can do it. That's what this is about. So now, if you don't know what your besetting sin is, and I do think that's possible because sometimes besetting sins are are so subtle. The enemy can, you know, if it's a big glaring sin, okay. And, uh, but some of them are so subtle that we don't even know we have them. We don't even know we have them. 
So if you don't know what your besetting sin is, then this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to get on your knees, humble yourself before a holy God, and and I'm asking you to ask the Holy Spirit, what is my besetting sin? What is that one thing that keeps tripping me up? And ask the Holy Spirit to show you. And then, friends, when the Holy Spirit shows you what it is, then I'm asking you as your pastor, because I want to see a dynamic shift in this church and our testimony in this county. I'm asking you to go to work. I'm asking you to fight the good fight of faith. I'm asking you to get that thing out of your life. I'm asking you to declare war on that thing that's been defeating you for years. It's been defeating you. And it's time for you to test yourself and see if God is in your heart to help you get over that. Now, now, sure, you need to repent. When we do something wrong, when we sin, when something's out of order in our life, you repent. There's only one thing you can do with sin. Get it under the blood. There is no other remission for sin. But this is not about repentance. Be honest. I guarantee there's somebody in this house today, and there's a sin that you've repented of a hundred times, if not a thousand times. It's got to be more than repentance. Get it under the blood. And then with all the power of heaven on your side, declare war on that thing. I mean, get in a Bible study class. I mean, get involved in church like never before. I mean, get some counselors, some godly counselors that you can speak to and they can speak into your life. Get radical and declare war on that thing and test yourself to see if Christ is in you. Now, you may be thinking, well, pastor, what if I test myself? And what if six months from now I've just failed the test miserably? I'm still in that vicious cycle. And friends, this is what I want to say. Hallelujah. Praise God. You say, pastor, have you lost your mind? No. No. That's like the best news I could hear. Because what that means is, is you're finally coming to the grips with the fact that the power of God does not reside in you. You're no longer deceived into believing you're a child of God. Yes, you walked down the aisle. Yes, you made a profession of faith. Yes, you got baptized. And yes, you've been coming to church. But you don't have enough of God in you to conquer the sins that the enemy's bringing against you. You know, the Bible says he that's out there is greater than he that's in here, right? No, it says he that's in here is greater than he that's in the world. That's what it says. Don't you tell me that Christ lives in your heart and you can't. Don't you tell me that. You're lying against the truth if you say that. If the power of God resides in you, you can Listen, child of God, if Christ is in you, you can pass the test. You have to pass the test. It's important. God wants holy conduct out of us. That's what he wants. Man, I tell you, I let my mind, when I was preparing this message, I let my mind kind of go wild with this thing. Okay, so we're going to declare today, okay, uh, 
Today we're starting a test. I hope every one of you start a brand new test today. All right, I'm starting this. Satan, this, has, this is not you, God, and we'll need your help. I'm starting. Today is the day. Writing it on the calendar. The test begins now. And, and, and I'm going to start trusting the Lord and the power of his might to bring mighty deliverance into me. And, and, and you, you start the journey. And here's where my mind went. I, I started envisioning a month from now. Six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, uh, not just Allison and Blackie, but one by one, people coming up here and saying, you know what? I took the test. I took the test. I, I did, they may not even tell us what it is. I identified that besetting sin. I took the test. I humbled myself before a holy God. I found out that I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I found out that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I took the test. And for six months, I've been winning the victory. My conduct has been holy. Somebody else comes up and says, well, not six months. It's only been six days for me. But man, I'm getting started and it's good. And now one by one. One by one, people come up and they testify. They testify that they're passing the test and their conduct is being transformed into a holy walk before the Lord. Now, somebody here is probably thinking, that sounds a lot like an AA meeting to me. (laughs) Well, church, listen to me. I think we could learn a lot from AA. Would you agree with me that any Christianity that does not change your life and keep changing your life may not be Christianity at all? It may just be a religious exercise we're going through. Come to church, make me feel good. Tell me what all God's going to do for me, but I don't have any responsibility. I'll just walk out of here and go back to my same old everyday failures. Oh, friends. Listen, I'm talking about Real Christianity producing real lifestyle changes, transforming us into the image of Christ. Talking about holy conduct. I'm talking about you passing the test of holy conduct. What do you have to do? Identify it. Declare war against it. Get on your face, cry out to God, get in a Bible study class. I mean, get radical. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to get radical and just get radical. You passing the test of holy conduct, me passing the test of holy conduct. Let me tell you something, friends. This county is not impressed with my preaching. Is not. This county is not impressed with you being here today. This county will be impressed when we... When we do something crazy, who 20% they'd already added to the tip. You added what, 32, 33%, right? Am I getting this right? Yes, sir. Who in their right mind gives a 54% tip for poor service? <laughs> who does that? God's people do that. That's what God's people do. We do strange things. We do weird things. We do things that the world can't wrap their brain around. But what they can see is that we are different. And the most lost person out there in the community can see that God's moving in us. Now, you may be thinking, Pastor, this sounds a lot like 
works-related Christianity. No. No, this sounds like Christianity that actually works. That's what this sounds like. It works. Quit letting the enemy lie to you. Quit staying where you are. Identify what the enemy's been using so easily to defeat you. And declare war on that thing. And put your faith in God to help you. And by the way, if you keep losing, then get saved. See, this is not a test the enemy throws your way. This is not a test that even God gives you. This is a test that you take yourself once and for all to prove that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and the Spirit of the living God abides in you. That's what you do. And all friends, you're talking about excited. If you don't think Allison's excited, ask her. Where'd she go? She's here somewhere. Anyway, if you don't think she's excited, ask her. If you don't think Black is excited, ask her. I'm going to give a 50% tip somewhat. Maybe like a $4 meal or something like that. <laughs> I'm going to get radical. <laughs> They're excited. And everybody that's been calling me and texting me and saying, I passed the test. They're excited. Oh, friends, it's time for us to demonstrate holy conduct before the world. Would you stand with me, please? I'm going to ask you to start a test today. I'm going to ask you to, you say, man, I rededicated my life last week. I, this is not about rededicating your life. This is about storming the gates of hell. This is about declaring war. Yes, sir. This is about taking that one weakness, that one thing that the enemy has slipped into your life. Maybe you were even guilty of letting it happen, but that's beside the point. If you know that you know that you know that Jesus lives in your heart, then, friends, you have the power of God residing in you. Isn't it time it, it comes out? Isn't it time for it to start working? The holy conduct test. Uh, you may need to get on your knees at this altar and say, Father, I'm putting it all under the blood, but I'm not stopping there. I'm declaring war. And I'm asking you to help me. Holy Spirit, help me get in the word of God like never before. It's time. Any time. Let's see what God will do in this church and in this county. Now, if you're not absolutely sure that you're saved, then I'm going to be down front and you can come and I will pray with you and I will show you how to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The altar is open as we sing. Will you come?